Well, in New Zealand weightlifting circles, few names are more recognisable than today's sporting history guest, Precious McKenzie, was the first athlete of any sport to win four gold medals at four consecutive Commonwealth Games. Originally from South Africa, he competed for England after being told he could only compete for South Africa if he was segregated. Precious moved to New Zealand and won his final medal for us at the 1978 Edmonton Commonwealth Games. Has he still got it? 45 years later? Well, yes, because recently he even lifted me above his head. (laughs) Can you believe it? And I'm a big boy. If you want to see the proof, we've got a photo at our website, rnz.co.nz. Slash Jesse. Joining me now is Precious McKenzie. Hello. Hello, Jesse. Nice to talk to you. What a privilege. I can remember lifting you up in the studio. Now, how does it... Now, how... Do you mind me asking how old you are, Precious? I'm 86 years old now. 86 years old. That would have been maybe three or four years ago. So you were definitely in your 80s. How do you still have that strength? Well... Health living that's important. Yeah. Yep. And um good good early night sleeping as well because the more hours you put sleeping, the better it is. Right. Because a lot of them a lot of people let themselves go a bit in retirement precious, you know, eat a bit yeah. more, drink a few beers, stop moving the old body. That hasn't been you. You've stuck to a regime. Yeah, that's right, stick to to a good regime. Especially, especially with your diet as well. See. Could you talk and, us through the Precious McKenzie diet? <laughs> and drink a lot of water. Yeah. Yes, I actually have only one meal a day. Do you? I mean, at this age, it's best to, to not overeat, you see. Yeah. Huh. You just put on weight. Yeah. <sighs> I've got so many questions. First question, by the way, uh, I suspect I'm not the most famous person you've ever lifted. Who's the most famous person you've ever lifted? Well, he's Muhammad Ali. <laughs> and, yeah. And I've got his, his autographed well, in front of me here. Wow. And I can read it for you if you want to. Yes, please. It says, to the Palomino restaurant, which is where I was singing in Henderson for, for four years, Yeah. Uh, to pay off my, my four... Um, what do you call it? Your, your house. Yes, your mortgage. You pay my mortgage. Yes, my mortgage. That's right. So, Muhammad Ali, I invited him to the to the Palomino restaurant in yeah. Henderson. Yeah. And it's the only place where he actually danced with his wife in public. <laughs> he enjoyed my singing so well that he took her off onto the floor. <laughs> and, and can I read... Is is uh, autograph there that you done for me? Yeah. He says to the Palomino restaurant from Muhammad Ali, three times heavyweight boxing champion Gosh. of the world, and uh, it was on a nineteen nineteen seventy nine. Oh my gosh! And then on the bottom he says here, service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on earth. Hmm. Isn't it nice? It is. And what a lovely way of thinking about service to others too, huh? Yes. 
what I would like to read here for you to, this would be very nice for you to, to remember. Yeah. What motivates me is defiance. My life story is a testimony in South Africa. Quote Mandela, the greatest glory in life, not what, what are falling, but what's rising. Mm-hmm. Every time I fall, uh, every time I fall, I get up. Yeah. And that's the motivation. Do you like that one? I do, I do. Stand up to be seen, speak up to be heard, but shut up to be appreciated. <laughs> Let's go back. How did you, how did you, well, we've got so much to cover. Um, many people will know part of your story, um, but I think we're going to focus today on the 1978 Edmonton Commonwealth Games. But we, we might go back to the beginning of your weightlifting career or some of your first wins. I think 1958 you won the South African National Championship, but there was a bit of a problem there. You, you couldn't lift on the same platform as white-skinned people. Precisely right, yes. And um, they even sent a telegram from Johannesburg to, 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 to Marisburg, where I was living, that at no circumstances Precious Mackenzie would be, should lift on the same platform with the white. I think that'll be shocking to people that, that, that I can talk to someone who remembers those rules in their own lifetime. That's right. Absolutely unbelievable to, to, to so thick-minded. You know, that's the only word I could keep the worst by saying that they, they had no principles whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and so, but you didn't let that stop you. Um, you decided that you would go to England so you could compete fairly. How did you ever get there from South Africa? Well, those days you couldn't fly because uh, it was too expensive. So I came by ship, but a Southern Cross ship yeah. in Southampton. And that's, that's where the press met me and asked me the question, are you going to go back to South Africa? I said, no, <laughs> the worst thing I've ever done, saying yes. And uh, they just made things more even, more difficult for me. They wanted even my wife and children not to, to accompany me uh, to England. You think you, so should have, getting... you, you should have given a white lie and said yes to cause less political disruption? Yes. Uh-huh. Let's go to your first... Commonwealth Games competing for England, 1966. What do you remember about those games in Jamaica? In, J- in Jamaica, that's right. That's that's where I even danced with Princess Anne, the closing ceremony. You danced with Princess Anne? Yes, that's right. And in the same year, when we came back from from Mexico, Olympics, um, uh, Princess Anne was in the same place on the opening ceremony in the same grass where we were all sitting together. To me, that was one of the greatest honors, too. And then at the end of it, the closing ceremony in the hall itself, I asked President for a dance because nobody was dancing at all and the calypso music was going on so beautiful. So I said, Princess Anne, shall we have a dance? She said, sure. <laughs> and there we are. We did a twist 
know the old twist in the olden times? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we did. She was, um, I think she was only about 16 back then, so she was, would have had a bit of youthful spirit and um, probably would have quite enjoyed having a boogie. Yes. So what is, what is it about you that gives you the confidence, Precious, to go up to a princess and ask her to dance? Well, they say if you don't ask, you shall not get. You <laughs> ask, you shall receive. Yeah. Did you meet other royals over the years? Oh, yes. Um, uh, Prince Charles, not, not very long talked to him, but, but the Queen, yes, and the, I've been three times at Buckingham Palace. Oh. And believe it or not, apparently the rugby players, I don't know which ones was that, they were in Buckingham Palace, and the Queen actually asked the rugby players, uh, how is Precious Mackenzie? <laughs> that was a very, very... Uh, I, I couldn't believe when I heard that. And, and I, I saw the rugby players in Christchurch, and they were in the same hotel where I was. Yeah. And they told me that the Queen did ask for me. It's amazing what you, and we'll go back to your sporting achievements in a moment, but it's amazing what you ended up achieving, given that your childhood was quite tough. It was an abusive childhood, and you lost your father uh, young. Um, and, you know, when, when life is that tough, do you think that maybe that's what gave you a bit of that drive to succeed and that ambition and, and that, I guess, the, the desire to make the most of your own life? That's right. Now, this is the reason why I've got this, what I would write up, I've got here in front of me. I don't know if I said it to you already or not. You're okay. Go ahead. And what's, what motivates you? I said defiance. And that's exactly the question to, uh, to answer your one. Yeah. And then uh, um, this is my life story. It's told in my biography uh, or, or the, um, the, the, the television it seems to me, Precious, that actually, if somebody didn't want you to do something, the worst thing they could say to you is don't do it, because that would make you want to do it. Is that fair? Exactly. <laughs> You're right there. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> okay. So, first Commonwealth gold, 1966, another gold for England and Edinburgh in 1970, and then you come to Christchurch, New Zealand in 1974, and what were your impressions of New Zealand? My impression to New Zealand was, number one, because, first of all, the weather here was far superior than in England. Yeah. So that's another one that, what do you call it? And then... Um, they, I was offered a job here at the Penny Youth Centre or Trafalgar in in Nelson. Yeah. See, jobs were there for me to leave England if I wanted. And of course, I, I when I went back, I had to tell my four, my family that we should want, should we should go to New Zealand, and that's how it all started. Gosh, who was your family at that stage? It was my. It was my eldest daughter, Sandra, Vanessa, second one. My third one was Quentin, who works for television too, Quentin yeah. McKenzie. Yeah. Do, yeah. Out of interest, do you have grandchildren? Yes, great-grandchildren. Great-grandchildren? Yes. 
all very lovely, beautiful, okay. and they, they like your grandfather. Now, speaking of um, your impressions of New Zealand, you liked the place, we liked you, and your mother had an interesting saying. Your mother said, wherever you're wanted, you stay. Wherever you're not wanted, stay away. That's a pretty good description that's of your correct. life. See, that's what I just forgot. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yes. Now, that's what encouraged me to make all these moves, because you must better yourself rather than stick in one seat. Always find a better seat if you can, yeah. or a or a better bed to sleep on. And um, of course, when you leave a country, you've got to say your goodbyes. Um, you were asked to say a quite a special goodbye to a friend of yours at Buckingham Palace. That's right. The Queen, the Queen had me, of course, as I said three times in Buckingham Palace. But I want to surprise you yet, even if media haven't got this one. Uh, the, 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 mother's, the Queen Mother the Queen Mother was in, in, in a palace sitting all by herself yeah. uh, by a bench and Liz and myself was, was, was there of course and I said to Liz let's go and see um, the Queen Mother because uh, I've got a story to tell her yeah. and guess what I had the opportunity to do, do it <laughs> and that's thing that I never thought that will ever happen. Yeah. So I walked, walked up to her and said to, to the Queen Mother that this is, a, this is God sent for me to speak to you here today hmm. because uh, we had foster parents. My sister and I were given to, to, uh, to foster parents because, because my mother couldn't, what do you call it, um, look after us. Yeah, foster parents so back in South Africa, yes. Yeah, so the welfare took over, and and we were very badly ill-treated, of course. Yes. And we were moving from parents to parents afterward. And the story goes on very long, but that's the basic part they could tell you. You you told that to the Queen Mother? Yes, oh yes. Now, the Queen Mother, I told her that when when she and her husband, which was the Queen, the, the King, yes. uh, came to Peter Maritzburg, and uh, they had specially badges made for the children to wear. And Gloria, my sister and myself, we couldn't go and see the king and queen. Mm. And yet that was designed for the children because it was holidays to the schools. But the foster parents didn't let us go to see the queen in the city. They made us do the chores. Mm. And the queen mothers said, that was absolutely very poorly. Yeah. What they did to you. That's a word came up to it from there. Yeah. Huh. But little did you know that a few years later you would be in Buckingham Palace having a private audience with the Queen Mother. That's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. And it happened to me. As I said, that was God sent. Reminds me of a Cinderella story, Precious. <laughs> That's true, yes. Okay, so you and move you move to New Zealand and the nineteen seventy eight Commonwealth Games are coming up and by that stage you're forty two, but you decided that you wanted to go in and go go for another gold medal. That's right. And uh, while you're Holland my, my, my the manager for the weightlifting 
I said, I'm going to be quitting now. This is my last. He said, no, you shall not. (laughs) (laughs) He said, you're the only one that you can depend on. And guess what? He really got me to stay on. And that's how I won my fourth consecutive gold medal for New Zealand. Uh, Yes, and we're very proud of that one. Um, I've watched the video you you've got such confidence when you lift that bar. You make it look easy, but I understand that um, you were suffering a bit of cramp at the time. That's correct. Now, you see, when you get older and you you get easily cramps, and that's, that's what happened. And when the Queen was there to watch me lifting, I already had a cramp. And, and I still had one more shot to go because I just succeeded with that one. Yeah. And then the, the, the Prince Charles decided that we should go now because Preston McKenzie standard left. <laughs> so the Queen said to him that, no, we shall wait until <laughs> the end. That was a word from the Queen. Yeah. And she did. They sat down and waited until I won the fourth consecutive gold medal. Huh. And to me, it was one of the greatest honors I could have from the Queen. Yeah, you beat uh, the Indian competitor Tamil Selvan. Bad day for him. And um, do you remember how much you lifted above your head? Oh, at that time, it was clean and jerk. I think it's 127 kilos. Yeah. Huh. So the first athlete to win four gold medals in four consecutive games. This time there's a different, a different national anthem playing, though. It must have been interesting to hear that New Zealand national anthem and know it was for you. That's right. That's why tears came out of my eyes. You know, really, really, it touched me very much. Now, the next day, I understand that you were minding your own business, probably enjoying a day off after your win, and the police showed up. Oh, you got the story right. (laughs) You got the story very right. Had you been naughty? Pardon? Had you been naughty? Were they coming oh, to no, no. take you away? I, I was dressed up nicely to go and see the weightlifting because I just finished. And that's where I was in a hall, sitting there in the front rows. In the meantime, the the Queen saw that my name was on the list for the, for the garden party, but I was not there. Yeah. So she decided to... To, for, the, for the police to find me because nobody would know where I was. <laughs> and yet I was only at the weightlifting <laughs> arena. And then the police dis- dis- went to the arena to check if I'm there. And there was she sees me. He saw, saw me coming, going out of the, of the hall now. And he stopped me and he said, uh, he said, stop. Um, this is the police. And uh, and I looked at him, and he could see that I'm looking very scared. And he said, no, no, don't worry. You're on demand from the queen to get you to the party as quick as you can. And guess what? The police got me into the car. <laughs> and when we got to the first roundabout, because they were driving a different, a different side. Yeah. So they couldn't wait for the tra- traffic. They just put the hooters on and they went straight through and got me. T- and the, the queen was just about leaving. 
and I just made it. Just made it. <laughs> Got there in time for a selfie. <laughs> yes, it was a selfie. That's correct. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I only nearly forgot that. You got a photo with the Queen, of course. That's right. For younger yeah, listeners, for younger listeners, back in 1978, when you took a photo, you didn't see it straight away, did you, Precious? Yeah, I wanted the Queen to sign it, but I had to send it to Buckingham Palace. Mm. And guess what? I've got it even still now. Oh my gosh! So that was your final uh, Commonwealth Games competing, but then when Auckland got the games in 1990, uh, you were volunteering and. Guess what? The Queen came through town again, and I think you got an opportunity then to meet her. That's correct. The Queen always go to the um, those that works do the hard work. Yeah. Volunteers. Yeah. The Queen always go to the volunteers first visit and shake hands with all of them. So the Queen came up to me and saw me there, and she held my hand for the longest than all of them. Mm. Because she was asking me, how do you like New Zealand? <laughs> and my answer was, better than in England, because I'm really wanted here. Mm. I know England wanted me too, but they can't have me at once. Yeah. And, and back to 1978, you came home from Edmonton with that gold medal, and I imagine lots of Kiwis wanted to see it, did they? Yes. Do you know that I've got 14 gold medals? Wow. Yeah, for, for weightlifting. Yeah. Powerlifting. Yeah. That's right. And so you, did you do a bit of a tour through New Zealand to show it off? Uh, oh, yes. Now, the well, that's a, there's a bit of a story, that one. The mayor in Bristol um, had to honour me because the media had that, that he was, I wasn't even invited to, to the uh, to the mayor's parlor. Right. So when when the mayor saw that, he said, "Telephone me to come and have a cup of tea with with uh, with, with his partner." And I'm afraid it was too late because not only that they invited me for a cup of tea and biscuits. That's about all. This is in Bristol. That's right. Yeah. Believe it or not, biscuits and a cup of tea. That's about all we had. <laughs> but what about back in New Zealand? Because I, I, I seem to remember you being a national hero. And Did you travel through New Zealand to visit, visit some towns? No, no, they didn't let me do that, unfortunately. Okay, cool. But, but, but the media, as I said, that's the one that really did look after me. Did, did you know that um, the Reuters correspondents in London, they actually invited me for a luncheon. <laughs> That's the media. Yeah. Invited me for a luncheon uh, at the Savoy Hotel. I was really, really honored with that. And they presented me with my military press, uh, what do you call it, picture of mine. Beautiful. Mm. Doing the the military press and the military press was out already no longer going to be used because it's no longer in Olympic Olympic press the press and that's how the media did gave me a luncheon and I was so proud of them and very honoured 
Precious, you felt welcome in New Zealand when you first visited in 1974. You felt so welcome that uh, you decided to move here. And do you still feel welcome? Have you felt welcome all these years? Do you feel like the New Zealander that, that, that we feel you are? Believe it or not, I'm glad you answered that question because do you know who's my friend? The Who? police here in New Zealand. Yeah. I was, I was down, I was up in Queenstown on my own, you know, for, for, during the virus. Yeah. So I took a plane to go to Queenstown to go and just because I was my own, my wife passed away. So I went, went there. And guess what? While I was walking to, towards my hotel again, who's standing there waiting for me? The policeman. <laughs> with another police, two of them. Yeah. And he shook my hand and told the police next to him that I'm the, the very honorable Precious Mackenzie, mm-hmm. which everybody likes. And this is a policeman saying that to me with another policeman. <laughs> That's great. I thought that was very nice of him. On the following day, I passed there again, and there he sees me, and he calls another policeman to meet me. <laughs> and that's how nice they are. You must look back on your life and think, well, that was a life very well lived. Definitely. I, I, I cannot complain about my life. No regrets. Just, just, just a little bit of my sickness. I can hear my voice now. <laughs> that, that goes, yes. No regrets. And, no regrets. And my singing, too. I used to sing at the Palomino for three years. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I could send that to you so you can hear it. Yeah. yeah. Precious, as the uh, presenter on RNZ, our national radio station, I feel eminently qualified in this moment to say, on behalf of New Zealand, thank you. Oh, that would be so nice. That would be the nicest thing you've ever done for me. Thank you from me. Thank you from everyone. And um, I, I know you've got many happy days in front of you. Yes. Do you know what? It's a pity you're not here because I'm sitting here with all my... with Muhammad Ali's signed picture of him. Hmm. Got me next to him. And I've got uh, a lot of companies which I was consulting on back injury prevention, you know. And one day, Precious, yes. your your great-grandchildren will have their own grandchildren and they'll say, let me tell you a story about a special man. There we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice to talk to you today. Nice. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you too.